Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. One of the things that you will undoubtedly need to do, whether you have a motor car or a motorcycle, is at some point you're going to need to go to the mechanic. And uh, for a lot of us, that's quite a daunting task because we don't know a lot about what's actually going on under the hood of our cars. To give us a little bit more information, we're joined on the line by Voyum Pofu, our resident um, motoring journalist, Madam Driving in Heels herself. Voyu, thank you so much uh, for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me back and welcome. Glad you're feeling better. I am feeling much better. Thank you very much. I must say, uh, yeah, I said I wanted to lose weight <laughs> and, the, and the universe gave me gastro. Like, whoo! Okay, <laughs> but that's enough. Uh, I won't be talking about that for the rest of the evening. Um, let's talk about uh, something else. Also, you know, talking about diagnosis and going to the doctor and kind of mm-hmm. getting yourself sorted out. The doctor for your car, the mechanic. A lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we tend to go and we're not quite sure what we should be asking or what we should be telling the mechanic because we don't know a lot about our cars. What are some of the things mm-hmm. we should be actually taking note of uh, when we go to visit uh, the mechanic? Okay, first up, the first thing that you need to know when you're taking your car to a mechanical workshop is to make sure that they are a member of MIWA. That's M-I-W-A. That stands for the Motor Industry Workshop Association, which is a member of the retail uh, motor industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, MIWA is an independent workshop association. It represents general repairers and auto electric, um, electrical repairers, air conditioners. You know, all those guys that basically f- fix your car. Yeah. Um, and the reason that you need to be, uh, you need to take your car to a, uh, an accredited workshop is because the workshops that have been accredited by MIWA um, abide by a certain set of rules and okay. standards. Yeah, and the best thing about it is that if you have any cause for recourse, or if you're unhappy with workmanship or whatever the case might be, you can actually take it up. Okay. you know, with them, you've got somebody to take to, to answer. They've got somebody to answer to right now. But to go into your into detail of your question, so um, one of the first things that you need to know is that when you're booking your car in with a service advisor, is to tell them any concerns that you've got about your car. Mm-hmm. You know, and try to go into as much detail as possible. That is your right. Um, you need to tell them, you know, if they if there are any noises and rattles and shudders, you know, anything that's happening, you know, with your car, so that they are aware of it so that they can, you know, spend more time on it or particularly look for a particular thing, you know, within the car. That doesn't mean that you need to research your car and the engine until you can name every part, you know, or offer advice, you know, to the technician or anything. No, don't do that. They don't particularly like that. And also for your own good, you don't want to direct them in a particular, you don't want to um, let them hone in to a particular thing when it could actually be something, something else. else. Remember, you're not the mm-hmm. technician they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's the first thing that you need to do. And, and that, of course, means two things. One, you actually need to pay attention to, you know, what your car sounds like or what's happening to your car when you're driving it because I think a lot of times what happens is that people either put in the earphones or you know the Mm -hmm. music is so loud that they actually don't Uh hear the rattles and you know don't actually know what's going on 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 their motor vehicles yeah Yeah. I always say to people you know take a time you know um, make a trip or whenever between home and work or whatever and just like turn off the radio turn off absolutely everything listen to your engine your engine will tell you uh, what's going on with it before it actually packs up um, you'll see the lights on the dashboard, you know, they're not Christmas 
announcements. Um, <laughs> you'll hear, you know, something yeah. happening within the engine. When you put on your brakes, when you, when you, when you, um, you know, depress the brake pedal, you'll hear and feel stuff. When your shocks are going off, you'll feel stuff within, within your car. So pay attention to your car. Similar to how you pay attention to your body. You can basically say, oh, I've got a slight cold. I feel a bit cold, you know, before the actual cold kicks in. Similarly with your car. So talk, if we carry on with that doctor analogy, you know, a lot of times you go to the doctor for a general checkup. Um, so, you know, you, you do blood pressure, all that sort of stuff. And then you have like a, a major checkup where you might draw bloods and, and you know, do yeah. cholesterol levels. So in the same yeah. way, there's a difference between uh, doing like a, 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 a small service, I think, and a big service. Tell me about what is the difference between when, you, when you're, because you have to service your car on a regular basis. So, um, you know, is, is there a difference and, and how does it work? Yeah, there is. So I like the I like I like us going along the uh, doctor analogy and the body analogy. So think of it as, like you said, when you go to the doctor every so often or to the pharmacist or whatever the case might be. Similarly, your car needs to go for frequent checkups. So that is your basic your service interval, which is what the OEM would recommend, be it ten thousand, twelve thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty five thousand, depending on the type of car that you have got. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between you know a minor and a major, major service, service is the type of things that that, that the uh, technician is actually going to attend to. Okay. So. Um, you know, in a minor service, it might just be, uh, you know, just making sure your brakes will always be checked. So, so mm-hmm. that's not a very good example. Your wiper blades, you know, are going to be checked as opposed to, um, you know, a bigger mechanical thing, which would be checked in a major, you know, service. Okay. But when you take your car in for a major service, they're going to check what they have. They're going to uh, reiterate everything that they've done in the minor service, but in the major service, obviously, is going to pay, pay more attention to bigger components, more expensive, you know, stuff to make sure that... Um, your car is still going to be functional within the next before the next service interval. Don't forget that cars wear, you know, and components, you know, get worn yeah. over time. So there's a difference between what you're looking for at fifteen thousand Ks as to what you'd be looking for at thirty thousand Ks. And and how regularly should you be doing a a major service? Like we said, a minor service obviously is the one that you know is every ten, fifteen, whatever, ever many thousand Ks according to the car. But a major service is there is there a specific time frame? Yes, there is. So everybody needs to take a look at their service interval in, at their service book. Okay. Yeah, the one that uh, should be in your cubby hole, and you should actually know it because, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, it's something that's like your lifeblood, you know, of of your car. So that and the manufacturer will actually have stipulated at what point you need to be taking your car in for service. And um, it's not a bad idea to actually, you know, uh, save that on your phone as well, or even on your computer. Uh, most cars though, will actually tell you yeah. um, because they're so technologically advanced that you know what, you've got another 800Ks before your car goes in for service. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing that is a pet hate, I think, to most uh, individuals who drive a car is your car door being dinged. Is there anything that you can do to stop that? I don't, I don't, I mean, other than not driving your car or bubble wrapping your car, <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's anything else that you can do. Yes, drive with care. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but I mean, a lot of times what it actually happens is in the parking spots when you're at the mall yeah. where somebody else yeah. actually opens the door too wide or, yeah. you know, mm. and, and unfortunately it seems like parking spaces are getting smaller and smaller when cars are getting bigger and bigger. Um, so so <laughs> I, 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 it does seem like that is an issue. Yes, absolutely. Look, you brought up a very good point. In shopping centers, um, parking bays are not necessarily um, equal in size. Yeah. And now that you're getting these big, wider, you know, particularly SUVs and buckies, they're, they're higher, they're wider, they're longer. Um, and sometimes people just don't perfect their parking skills very well. Mm-hmm. So you'll find somebody's parking 
either too closely on one side of the line, yeah, either on the left or the right, which is going to affect not only how you get into it, but also how you get out of out your of car. Mm. <laughs> so what you want to do when you're in a particular shopping center or anywhere for that matter, is to just spend a little bit more time looking for a good parking bay, yeah? Um, even if it means you have to walk a little bit further to where it is that you're going, of course, you can get your steps in, in that way as well. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but it's just basically to safeguard you from the cars that are parked around you. I've always told people, do not park next to a car that has been dinged and bashed and smashed and, you know, the owner doesn't look like they've been looking after it. They're not going to start looking after it now that you parked, you know, your Mercedes next to it. <laughs> Alright? So if you're parking next to a car that already looks like somebody took a, a cricket bat to it, don't park there. Um, also, avoid parking next to uh, trolley bays, yeah? yeah, because, um, you know, you can easily, they can easily just, you know, uh, roll off and bump, bump into your car. And I hope I don't get scorched for saying this. Be careful of mom's mobiles. Cars with the stickers about the babies and all that kind of stuff and the car seats in the car. Nothing against parents, but the thing is, and you would know, Lizette, and other parents who are listening too, you need a much more space yes, you you know, do. to open the doors for your kids, the groceries, the car seat, all that kind of stuff. And it's very easy to accidentally, you know, run the car next to you, which could be yours. But and also the kids open do, the doors, which is the other thing. And the kids open the doors. And yeah. you know what? It just looks like a natural thing. It's just like a little ding, but actually it could be very costly. You know, yeah. <laughs> you want to avoid that but by all means. Um, what you can do, particularly when you get home, um, if you have a tight uh, parking area or in the garage, you know the swimming pool noodles that you have kids? Yes. Those long, um, whatever material foam? Yeah. You can actually glue that against the wall, yeah? Or in front where your car, you know, so that the bumper doesn't actually hit the, wall. the walls. Or around, yeah, around the wall or whatever the case might be. That way you get a little bit of protection. I know it sounds weird, but no, it that's actually a great does idea. Help. That's a great idea.